Welcome to the the Adventure Zone Zone. I'm Justin McElroy. Here's our first question. Justin, will you eat more goulash <laughs> during episodes? And the answer is, dear listener, you got it. I Okay, I will also say, though, Justin, it's 3.15 p.m. It when is 3.15. What meal slot are you hitting? Yeah, where are you at? Um, Let me see. Let me check the clock tea. on the wall. It's tea. And the... The little hand is pointing to goulash, oh, okay. and the big hand is pointing to goulash. It, it, welcome goulash to the Maximum Fun Goulash Drive 2019. How much goulash can we get and for remember, the amount of money you donate? It's goulash. Wait a minute. The Adventure Zone Elementary, the Adventure Zone Fur, the Adventure Zone Goulash. <laughs> That's this special one-off. Justin, I know that you have enough um, professionalism and common sense not to eat the goulash while we're recording this episode where we ask people for money. But I would also suggest that the goulash probably leaves a slight residue that affects the tones coming out of your mouth hole. Um, and just make sure you give it like a nice sweep before you uh, before you start broadcasting there. That's yeah. my one. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, um, let's, yeah let's I'll be sure down. to once. Yeah, if I happen to stop eating goulash at some point, I'll be sure to give a good rinse okay. uh, so just that, to get all the goulash particulate. So that uh. Justin can slam jam that goulash on down. Griffin, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Max Fun Drive? Yeah, sure. So we are a part of the Maximum Fun Network, and we have been, well, Taz has been since its uh, inception, uh, but we have been a part of the network for, you know, in, in some way for eight years now. This is our eighth Max Fun Drive. Uh, we joined the network back in 2011, and uh, because of that, we have been able to uh, turn podcasting into our full-time careers, and we have been able to uh, launch a bunch of other different shows, and we've been able to start touring and, uh, you know, take time off from stuff to make the TV show, and uh, all, all of these different things have been possible because we've been able to dedicate the time that we've been able to dedicate to these shows, uh, and that is all because of the support that listeners have provided us over the years. Um, I think it, it was so obvious for us to spin off our one D&D episode of Mabim Bam into Taz because uh, there was a demand for it, and then there was a ton of support for it in the Max Fund Drive. So that kind of like direct uh, support that you can give us, and it is direct, when you go to MaximumFun.org slash donate, uh, you pick the shows that your, uh, that your money goes to, and a small amount goes to Max Fund to help cover overhead. Uh, it, it, it helps sort of put the things that you like into the world. Um, and so we're going to talk a bit about it during this episode as we're also answering your questions about amnesty and live shows and, uh, whatever you, you ask questions about. So think about going to maximumfund.org slash donate. Uh, there's some great rewards that you can get if you become a member, including the uh, bonus content you get at $5 a month, which, um, for us this year includes honey heist or the adventure zone fur as it has so been titled, uh, which was a really fun thing to record. But we're going to talk more about the bonus stuff as soon as we, I don't know, after we, after we answer a few questions. So who wants to, who wants to rip one of these bad boys out here? What was that address one more time? Well, it is, yeah, it's it. MaximumFun.org slash donate. I'll start with a fairly big one for uh, Griffin. Griffin, how have your original ideas for Amnesty changed since their first conception? And that's from <clears throat> Tucker. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Tucker. I think I uh, mentioned during like the... Uh, the experimental episode T-Taz that we did uh, about this being sort of Persona influenced and the Persona games if you've never played them they're about like uh, you know teens going into secret worlds and fighting the monsters there that are like influencing their stuff while also having all this day to day drama I don't necessarily know that Amnesty is that necessarily um, and in fact I'd say that like what Amnesty is now is kind of nothing like what I envisioned it would be, uh, and I'm kind of I'm I'm happy about that because uh, I I don't think I had a great idea for what it was going to be beyond the pitch of you know West Virginia ski town with monsters in it, but I think it's turned into something kind of bigger than that. And honestly, for the last like couple arcs, I feel like it's been way more play driven and way less like big big picture like where we are now is i had i have no idea like i have no idea where we're going i'm sure we'll get there uh and i haven't had any idea for for a while um so it's less like that the world has changed out of what i thought it was going to be before we started playing and more that like the way we are uh you know doing doing storytelling has has changed pretty Drastically, which I, I'd be curious to hear what the other three of you feel like, because it's definitely like a different way of uh, making donuts than we did with with balance. It feels like. 
I think that connects to another question too, where uh, Desperate DM asked, how do you write your notes for sessions, especially for parts where the players dictate how the game progresses? And I feel a lot like in Amnesty, um, we've had a lot more like where you have the like the monster and all of the like uh, elements of that and all the pieces, but then what happens within those scenes and how we get to that and, and stuff, you, you tend to leave that a lot more open to what we decide to do with the characters in the scenes than you did when we were doing uh, balance. Yeah. And so it, it has been more of uh, a, a lot more of like an open kind of open world kind of play, you know, where we have like created what shop we go to. And a lot of the NPCs are based off of like scenes we want to do and that kind of thing. So it's been, it's been a, a pretty different experience compared to balance. Yeah, and I also think that the fact that we we started doing it towards the end of balance, I'd say the last quarter of balance, but Amnesty really, really feels uh, uh, more character-driven in the fact that I think that we are doing, we've been pretty consistent with trying to stay in character um, and and try to drive the action that way, the choices we made and the, and the, the things we've done, we, you know, and we will you know, call each other on it occasionally if we if we veer from that. I think it's been much more character honest uh, it, it, all through Amnesty. Which isn't to say that like the characters in Balance were 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 weak. Um, no, 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 I, no. That's that's what I mean. I'm I'm talking more about the way we play. I right. think that, that we we have embraced it from the get go with Amnesty, and and it it and it took us a while with Balance. I think it's an interesting like case case study, like an interesting comparison, because when we started doing balance, we had no idea who the characters were going to be. And then they turned into these characters that we all, you know, fell in love with by the end of it. And with Amnesty and really all the experimental arcs, we put in a lot more elbow grease ahead of time to try and like come up with who these characters were. And I still feel like it took us like a, a dozen episodes or more to like really start understanding who they were and start like having fun with them and start like uh knowing how they would react in in all of these different situations um so i think we i think we ended up kind of in the same place even though i think we tried to put in a little bit more effort to 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 inform who the characters were before we got started but i you know it's it's interesting um when we were creating characters i'll speak for myself uh when i was creating taco for the adventure zone a lot of the taco like things that made up taco as a character came from a disinterest in any sort of like consistency or continuity. Like we were all very just kind of pulling it out of our asses mm -hmm. when we started. And I think that that actually made for more interesting characters yeah. um, because it was like, uh, you know, very few people are deliberately created, you know, <laughs> like almost nobody's deliberately created. It is just, uh, you, you know, the things that make up your personality or the things that happen to you. And I think that that lack of structure early on, like is what created a lot. And there's some stuff like blind alleys that we sort of tried for the characters that didn't work out. I think with amnesty, um, it was actually kind of a struggle at first to not care and not be precious because like I, I was much more thinking about it and almost kind of like psyching myself out, like playing, um, in a, in a 30 episodes in headspace right from the beginning yeah. without having that sort of like groundwork and at the same time being much more conscious of choices that I was making because with the realization that like that, that I was creating a character as I went, right. you know what I mean? Like I was, I was overthinking it. Yeah. I, yeah, honest, I, I, I feel like next time we do this, like I, I think we might all take a step back from like trying to flesh out, every not not every part of the characters right but like we i feel like we we did maybe go a little bit hard a little bit hard in the paint on all the experimental arcs when like really the ethos of all of these apocalypse world games is to you know draw maps but leave spaces and yeah. i don't i don't necessarily know that we left enough spaces which is not, i'm not slamming the the characters or the arc because i i'm genuinely happy with where it is now um but but yeah it's been it's been i don't know it's been interesting it's been very different from balance 
What I have found too is like when I think about the differences between balance and amnesty, a lot of it has to do with genre, right? Because when yes. you think about that balance kind of filled this uh the genre of like high fantasy epic, right? I would Where not it, call it high fantasy. Well, but I mean like if you're looking at what it's, you know, aping and what it's kind of like sort of like where you have this in the end the world is like the entire universe the entire multiverse is at risk right where and and so yeah we had these three like doofuses that were everything was kind of like happening around them and they were just trying to like make it through right whereas with amnesty you're looking at a monster of the week and you know when you look at other monster of the week like supernatural and buffy the vampire slayer and and shows like that a lot more of it is like yeah there's a monster and that's very important and they have to find it but really you're watching the show for the characters and like their own like internal uh journeys and relationship journeys and all of that and the monsters right. are kind of a, a an excuse to keep the action moving it's a more tension driven experience than like an ex- exploration um sort of wild footloose and fancy like i don't know that we could do a scene in amnesty where you know you're just chilling in a in a mud bath with your boss like that do you know what i mean like yeah, I, yeah. Feel, because there's a fucking werewolf out there that's trying to eat everything and uh, i just i don't know it's a it is a different type of storytelling that i don't think any of us really appreciated it would it would be i think we all thought like oh well now we know how to play rpgs let's let's just do this monster one but really like it's a different kind of story it's a different environment it's different types of characters it's a different sort of tone like there's a lot of stuff that has been different with amnesty i got one um from paul zamandius um uh, clint is saturday night dead and the cryptonomica based on svenguli by any chance, and if that isn't a primary influence for Ned's whole deal, what was? He feels very nostalgic in a way I can't put my finger on. It's because the guy playing him is old, hence the nostalgia. What? No. Um, here's no. The, here's the thing. Uh, it, while Svenguli is um, uh, an example of Can you the, explain the, what that is? Svenguli is a, uh, a monster movie host on, uh, I'm trying to remember, it's I don't remember which network it's on, but he's still doing it today. Where it, and it's Me TV is the network is it? now. Okay, yeah, uh, and it's it, in a long tradition of of monster movie hosts like um, uh, Zachary and Morgan Elvira, Elvira Vampira, who Elvira was a pastiche of. My favorite was Doctor Paul Bearer, not the one from from wrestling. But it, I mean, these used to be prevalent. There used to be all kinds of these monster movie hosts, and there was always humor based around it and really cheap jokes and really, and the worse, the crummier the movie, the the better the show would be. And that that's kind of where I was, was coming from that. I, was, I'm, I am a fan of Svengoolie. It's, it genuinely is, while it's, you know, cheesy sets and everything else, it's pretty well written, and and he's really hysterically funny. But, uh, yeah, I was going for that whole monster movie hosting vibe with the, the whole thing of Saturday Night Dead. Yes. Which is why I chose such horrible movies. <laughs> Uh, this question is from Jesse. I remember a point when the uh, when the new arc was starting, where it was mentioned that commitment and dust would be revisited during live shows. Is that still planned? I would love to see those characters and stories come back in some way. Aww. Um, let's talk about live shows. Yeah, I know some of the questions have to do with live shows, which we've only been doing balance for uh, and we've been doing them every like what every other month, every other tour or so that we do. We we do a Taz balance, um, and did we say that we were going to do live commitment and dust? I don't. I, I remember saying that we wanted to return to them in some way. I don't remember saying in a in a live environment, but maybe we did. That was a, such a long time ago. Now. Well, it's on the internet, Griffin, so it must be true. It probably is. Um, so we just got back from the uh, Joko cruise, which was uh, a hell of a lot of fun, and our like adventure zone offering for that cruise was a performance of uh five sherlock holmeses and a vampire with special guest uh pat rothfuss and that was our first time doing a live show that wasn't balanced that was something else and obviously it was you know it was elementary too uh which is 
the bet the best a really good game and a really incredible uh and rich rich tapestry uh that was that was woven <laughs> but it was a, it was a fucking it was a lot of fun like it was yeah. very 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 fun and there is a certain returning to the balance well as much as we do in those live shows has started to get kind of like um it's it's getting it's getting trickier to like make something new in that if that makes if that makes sense like something new that also works as a live show that like so like i'm i think it would be fun to do dust or commitment or yeah, it's, any, it's something else like i don't know i mean we had so much fun doing honey well, heist like a one yeah. you know like doing a live honey or live you know maybe a live amnesty i don't know like something new or something weird who knows i mean it's it's if we're being like we're being honest right there's no reason not to be like yeah we can edit it kind of we can edit. We can always edit our, our honesty out. I mean, part of it is like we, when you do a live show, you book a venue, right? And then that, that is predicated on selling a, cur- a certain number of tickets. And if you don't sell those tickets, then you lose money <laughs> on the thing, right? So there's definitely a concern that like, I think a lot of people, or our suspicion at least has been that a lot of people who come to those shows are coming to see the balanced characters, right? But so that's part of it is like it, it, we would have to be really clear up front, um, you know, that it was not a balance show, but also it would have to be like, I don't know what, like we'd have to choose a venue, like guess how many seats we don't have the data, right? right? Guess how many people would want to come. We have absolutely no idea. Um, and that's really tough. It's really tough to do. Um and there's a, but there is par- a, a sense that we were we loved the way the 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 world ended in the podcast. We loved the way we where we left the characters. And I mean, if we're being like super honest, uh, there does start to become, come to a point, And I don't think we we're quite there yet, but it comes to a point where you feel like you're a cover band, yeah. you know, just like go, it, going it, it out and playing the like parts in galaxy quest where they're like opening up yeah. the car dealership. That's and maybe a like, little, that's like, a, that's, that's hammer. That's uh, like I said, not that. Yeah, yeah. Of, yes. I cast um, yeah. zone of truth. Yeah. And there's points on these oh, deals. Yeah. These deals can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I, and another, these, the other thing is these prices can't be, can't be. For there's real. also an element of it's been, it's been a long time since we, uh, it's been a year and a half, right? Since we wrapped up balance and even longer than that. Right. God, when did we, I don't remember anyway, August 2017, right? 17. I think yeah. so. Um, and so like, it's tough to remember a lot of stuff, in the, but not only, I, I remember most of the stuff, but also like D and D is kind of getting a little bit tough to play in a live environment. I remember uh, the when you take two months in when between you take two months touching before it. touching it, it can get a little bit rough. But also like uh, Justin, we were talking after the New Orleans show where you were like, I don't I, Taco. I think is great at like doing stunts at each live show of doing like some wild thing that nobody expects, and it's like you looking through your spell book like. I've kind of done all that. Like I've done all the spells. There's not that yeah. many spells that I have. Uh, and so like, there's a mechanical thing. That's it. all this to say, I, I don't know. I think the future of live shows. We are. The reason we're talking about this so much is like, this is an extension of conversations. Like we all have uh, all the time because like, we don't want yeah, it to get I mean, stale. Like if, if you're right. going to show up to, to, and, and show up and support us, like we don't want to be like, okay, cool. We're going to ramble off some, character names that you like and then sure. i don't know bye that's, like that's, we want it to and be that's, good that's not what we're doing like that i would yes, not like not sell any of the live shows we've done short by saying it's like that but it it's it i any step in that direction at all makes me super uncomfortable and, and we want to stop doing those before, before we do right. the one where yes. we're like hey we didn't do anything yeah, sure. interesting but at the same that time, time like the joko cruise show was super fun and it, it yeah. was it was mm-hmm. i think more humor driven than gameplay driven obviously because we were playing five sherlock holmes and a vampire but also like we made a new thing and there was and the same with honey heist honey heist is a game about bears trying to steal honey from honey con and yet at the end of that i was like i feel good about the story we just told (laughs) so like i i I don't you know i'm not thinking of it as like a loss i'm just thinking of it as like our views on the core podcast show that we're doing because we've moved on from balance kind of starting to come like align with how we think about live shows too uh, speaking of Honey Heist and Sherlock Holmes, uh, Brian asks, "Where do you get those one-page RPGs like Sherlock Holmes and Vampire and the uh, and the Bear Honey Heist game? Those sound like lots of fun." Uh, Trav, you came up with the idea to do Honey Heist. Yeah, so I mean, the thing is, is 
there are all of these, you know. Do they mean literally where do you get the files or like the like where you from? find them? I, I mean, torrent like all the, of them off Lime yes. LimeWire. Uh, I found it Kazaa. under a log in the woods. Um, I, I like I like watching a lot of um, like actual play podcast things. And there's lots of like role playing game like streams and stuff on YouTube. I first became aware of Honey Heist from Critical Role doing Honey Heist. Yeah. Um, but the, the internet is just full of one page one shot RPGs um and and like we just came upon one somebody tweeted at us a Carly Ray Jepsen oh yeah uh, one page RPG it, it will or, not not surprise you to hear that I got sent that one a lot yes. I'm not even on Twitter anymore and I could feel I could feel the re- reverberations <laughs> through the air surrounding my computer of people hitting me that there's uh, a lot of like I I, I I would be willing to bet that pretty much most like genre you can think of, there's yeah. probably some kind of one page, oh, one shot sure. RPG for it. I just, I heard dad, when we started this call, asking one of you, have you heard of this game, Lasers and Feelings? And I was like, how do you know about Lasers and Feelings? I, I found it on Justin's printer. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Justin's doing that, pirated That's dad's copies. sort of discovery <laughs> engine yeah. for these well, games. Well, I have another backdoor hack. Um, yeah. Have an uncomfortable moment on a beach where you interrupt Will Wheaton and his wife having a nice conversation to ask him for recommendations. Ah, that'll do it too. That's that's that'll do really it awesome. Yeah, and hey, that's a good way to turn me into a ghost. Yeah. so that's another cool way. I uh, just be a whole skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a question from Ashley, and I guess this is for Griffin and Justin: Was Minerva always going to die, or did a bad vision or role kill her? Uh, this is a wild question. Uh, don't know that Minerva right, is Right, exactly. That's the first noting. thing. And the other thing, uh, is that it's, it, I don't know. I don't think about this. You never, oh, that's right. You never oh, saw Oh, we can't conjure that into our, our show that is a, a safe space for friends. Um, no, it's not like she was always going to, it's not like when I was writing the, the thesis of Amnesty before we started, it was like, he's going to have this. Uh, a holographic alien friend who's going to train him until she gets, you know, her planet gets hit by a meteor. Um, but like that was part of the bad vision role. Right. And because of that, like I have to, I have to follow up with those hard roles. I have to follow up with those hard moves when you guys fail, because that's like the big tool I have for, you know, shaping, shaping the story. If you think about it, like when you guys roll well, you're in charge of where the story goes. When you roll poorly, I'm in charge. And so like, I can't, I can't just say like, there's a meteor and then there's not a meteor. And then, yeah, but you wouldn't have done it if it broke. Cause that's the thing people always asked about during balance too, is like a time when Justin and Travis and Clint broke the game. Like that's not really how, no, that's not RPGs like this work. The way that it went was Justin rolled this role. I knew that the monster was going to be a thing that made bad things happen. And when I thought about it, when you failed a very bad thing that could happen is a meteor strike, right? An asteroid hitting the hitting the planet. And then as like, I think after we finished that episode or so, I was like, oh, what about, you know, if it's not your guy's planet that gets hit? It was, it, this was not a thing that was always going to happen. Um, these visions are like my favorite part of the game, trying to get to them, trying to like figure out a way to get to them, which is like, we have not even touched the vision that you had for the arc that we are currently in, where you saw uh, Leo, you know, dead in your arms in front of the telescope. Uh, and like, uh, how do we get there? How do we get, how do we get you guys there? Does that even happen? Is there a way for you to change what happens like that? That's is, can you change them now that you are not the chosen one necessarily anymore? Like, uh, that, that shit I think is super cool. On that note too, we had a lot of questions about that, about the, the change to the mundane playbook. Was that, did, so basically people would like to know in general, is that something Justin expressed interest in? And so it worked out that way or, Justin, was it because of Minerva going away that you were like, oh, I'm going to do this? How did that decision come about? Yeah, which was the chicken and which was the egg? Man, I'm trying to remember. A lot of this stuff is so collaborative. Um, I definitely mentioned to Griffin something about how we were going to handle it. Like, I was I like... I don't remember. Griffin, do you remember how it actually happened? So we happened? had talked, like, Duck's powers come through this, like, psychic tether or whatever that he had with 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 Minerva 
through this wormhole in his brain from like across the galaxy or whatever, right? And so that was the source of his power. And so like when Minerva's point of contact with Duck got shut off, like I I think we, Justin and I both were like, well, that's going to have some effect on Duck's powers. And I think we had a, a conversation about you wanting to adjust Duck's stats, like wanting to change his thing. Or when we were talking about how, that's what it was. When we were talking about leveling up Duck for the most recent like uh, lunar interlude, you were trying to find some way to reflect the loss of power or something like that. And then like, uh, I think I suggested like, there's a whole character archetype. Oh, that is- it was, it was take Mon. I wanted to, one of the upgrades is you can That's take something from another playbook. Yes. So you were looking at And that. I was like, I should take something from the mundane playbook. And you're like, well, <laughs> here's a different thing you we can do. Everything from like, the mundane playbook. And it's weird how that is probably one of the things we've gotten like the most negative feedback on and it's, it's like one of my favorite things we've done it's so interesting like it's so much more interesting like why was that why is that a negative like wh- how many times have you heard that story of like the chosen one who finds his destiny it's much more interesting to me someone who chooses their destiny, like finally embraces their destiny and then no longer has the, yeah. the powers that they were supposed to that's cool um it's yeah. cool i th- it is it is not a lot I can do in any given situation, though. <laughs> that's pretty hey, chill. Well, that's, to that's, being Magnus. That's fucking wicked not true, because you've used your power to convince somebody to do something to keep them safe from harm, like, four times in the last two episodes. Like, it's... The mundane has a... The mundane does shit. Like, the mundane has a role. You all can beat ass, right? Like, even you as the mundane have beaten ass. Uh, but now you have this other thing that you can do. Um, let's take a second to talk about the Max Fun Drive. Uh, and mm, I love Daddy, it. Why don't you go ahead and start telling us some of the donation levels? Again, if you hear this, the spirit moves you. Maximumfund.org/slash/donate. Choose the level that works for you, um, and get these great rewards, Father. And that, that's a really important point. What works for you? Do what you can. Um, but we do have some levels, some suggested levels. There's a five dollar monthly membership. You get all this bonus content, exclusive bonus content um unless we've been hacked which i don't i don't think we have i mean well, we're that, talking over a hundred hours of bonus over episodes. 200 uh, well across all the different shows we don't have 200 hours of tasks yeah. but we do have honey heist we have uh by this point hopefully we've hit fifteen thousand donors although who knows uh which means that taz elementary 2 which we did record on the joko cruise is going to be up in the feed we have our episode we with did special with, guest patrick Rothfuss. with pat Rothfuss, and then we have the episode we did with lynn uh we have the first taz lynn, lynn um manuel miranda lynn anderson oh yeah. okay yeah. Uh, and yeah, just a bunch of bunch of eps up on there. Uh, $10 monthly membership gets you the uh, the exclusive, the drive exclusive enamel pin that Megan Lincott did. Um, my personal favorite is the Cryptonomica one. Um, but uh, you get that and you get a Max Fund membership card and all the stuff from the $5 level. Uh, $20 monthly membership. This is cool. It's a beautiful 550 piece Maximum Fun puzzle. Jeffrey Tice designed it specifically for Max Fun monthly members. Uh, and it's a, you know, let's face it, you're listening to a podcast, you got to do something with your hands. Hopefully, you're not driving. Uh, but putting together this jigsaw puzzle would be uh, would be a great thing to do. And, and of course, we all cannot the stuff. stress enough don't put together a jigsaw puzzle don't while jigsaw, you drive. Don't jigsaw and drive. I don't, know it's tempting, I know it is. Uh, thirty-five, and and of course you get all the things from the previous level. Thirty-five dollar monthly membership, you get this incredible glass coffee mug, engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. It's it's safe to microwave. You can't you can't say that about your pewter mugs, your your iron mugs, your magnesium, your, your tin mugs, foil mugs, your tin foil mugs. You cannot say your, that your mugs made out of grape meat. Uh, uh, that's we don't we don't have to do the higher tier ones right now, but uh, well, what there else are do you need? higher tiers? There are, there are, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the, you, and you get all that great stuff, all, a lot of great content, a lot of really cool stuff to impress your friends and neighbors with, and uh, and we urge you do what you can, uh, t- you know, take a look at those levels, listen to what I say, 
and keep me from having to go back to having a real job. Yeah, and that includes new and upgrading donors. So if you... Uh, like maybe you've been at $5 for a while or $10 for a while or whatever. And maybe, you know, you started listening to more shows on the network or they've become even more important to you or whatever. And you're wanting to up those donations. If you up your donations, you are also then eligible to get the reward gifts uh, that we've just listed. So if you've been considering upgrading, now's the time to do it. MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Uh, should we get back into the questions? Yeah, we had a question here yes. uh, that was from uh, Chase uh, about uh, when making or playing an arc of, or a one-off for a live show, how do you go about timing it out? Yeah, it sucks. Shit. <laughs> it sucks. We had, a, we had ourselves a talk after the New Orleans show because I, you all kept thinking that the first act, we've started doing intermission in the middle so we can take potty breaks. Um, and you all kept thinking the first act was over when it wasn't. And so you were like, all right, call it. Let's go backstage and eat dinner. And I was like, no, there's. I had a button. Uh, so I try to have a button, and then sometimes we don't get there. Sometimes we go 15 minutes over the first act, and then the second act is like 15 minutes long. It is It is always that question of, and I think we're airing more towards the side of like, the, it, when, when we started, Griffin was very um, hinty about what was in the, the, the arc. Like, I don't know. Like, I think when you, when we did um, uh, the wrestling, right. yeah. wrestling one, I think you just told us like, think wrestling. <laughs> and now I think we, we are a little bit more explicit about what the beats are going to be. Um, because, uh, uh, we want to make sure to like get to the stuff that, 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 you know, we want to make sure we're keeping a good pace, um, and we're getting through the story. I mean, they're definitely, I would say more, um, they're probably more guided than balance oh, itself yeah. was. We just, cause we have to we have an you know, hour and a half, an hour and a half. Gotta, gotta get, get hit, hit the, hit yeah. the beats. Um, trying to tell like a whole story in D and D in an hour and a half is Impossible because you can spend a fucking hour and a half like dicking around in a tavern. Like it's you can spend there are whole sessions, nights where you play with your friends where you don't actually fight anything because you're just so busy dicking around in some place. And so like trying to do a whole story in the span of that time is 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 super hard. As long as we're talking about live shows, Rachel asked, and hopefully this won't come off as too like uh I don't know, horn horn self horn tooting, but uh I'm curious to hear what you all say. Rachel asks, what's your favorite live show so far? I really did love that the wrestle, the wow. first one of Boston. Yeah, the battle fest. That I was that was battle that fest. Was, that was good, and, and not just because it was a a great episode, but that was honest and truly the first legitimate live show we had done of Taz, where people you know like paid money, right? Knew what it, yeah. Well, we had done and LA we, Pod Fest before that, and right. was this our second live show? This, this, this yeah, and but this was. Yeah, but this was wasn't this the first time we had done it like in a theater setting? I mean, the way we yeah. do live shows now, right? Sure. And when we, honest to gosh, the reaction—it's why we—I I always refer to the Wilbur as our home theater because that was like nothing I'd ever experienced before, and yeah. just the reaction of the crowd and the energy that was going on—that was just a, a blast. That for, for me, that was a real touchstone. I would really? say I would say contender for me though is the most recent Candle Night special we did with the Home Alone sequence and the Jingle All the Way stuff and I like that one too. Uh, that I, was, I really like the Dracula one. Oh yeah, because I thought oh. it was it was a good pacing and like because that's the thing is what what you've gotten really good at as far as timing out the things is like saying okay. Uh, I know where we're gonna start. I know where I want to be by the act break, and I know where I want to be by the end of it. But I'm going to leave plenty of room for you guys to just like, you know, dick around. Sure. And so like it was just a lot of plus. I just always like when you do the Dracula voice. It, it makes me really happy. Thank you. Um, the Casino Heist probably for me. Uh, fun one Stealing $15 from Greg Amaldus. Where was it? Was that San Diego? All the cities are blending together. <laughs> um, the... Uh, Someone said, I know it's a bit early to ask. Here's a quickie. I know it's a bit early to ask, but I was wondering if y'all have any plans for what the next arc would be. And that's from Sully Green. The answer is no. I have an idea for one. I was telling Justin Griffin and Dad before we started. I want, I think it's time for me to finally oh my God. take the oh throne. Oh my God. Take control. I've had so much fun in my, in my 
rudimentary preparation of uh, of elementary. I I don't know. I think it would be fun you to do should, one at this man. point. Oh yeah, I think it would be fun. I think I think I'd like to do one. But Travis has a really good idea, and I'd probably I when it comes when the rubber meets the road, as it were. Um, I'll be by the time we finish Amnesty, I'll be in my twilight years, That's true. and I I may just want to sit back and rest on my hoping to finish. I'm hoping to finish Amnesty dead. in 2019, so hopefully that's not true. I'm 38, so yeah. oh my so, gosh! Wait, what are your plans, Dad? Yeah, skydiving, baby. No, I I have Rocky Mountain climbing. Go 2.7 seconds on a bull. No. I have an idea for a really <laughs> silly <fucking> art. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dad just sung a part, of, <laughs> but it wasn't the right. Part of like right. you're dying, and he got the right thing. But yeah. said it wrong. Well, I guess great minds don't think alike. Well, let me ask you this: Are we gonna? I, I mean, I, this shows you how not involved with planning I am. So, uh, what about going back and doing uh, experimental arcs again? Do we? Are we? <sighs> I mean, that? man, I don't know. Our, our listener numbers take <laughs> so hard. After balance and like they really went the toity, <laughs> oh. and we're starting to. And I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's because of the arcs no. are bad. It's just like, imagine if you were watching Lost, right? And then and after then they had a whole different like, bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you're watching Lost, and then after the the finale, and it's like, and that's anyway. That's what it was all about. The next time you showed up, they were all doctors, yeah. and it's like, and and they were wearing different wigs and stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah. wait a minute. Why, and, and, what and then there happening? also was a caption at the bottom of the screen that just said, don't get used to this. It's gone yeah. in two episodes. Yeah. The- <laughs> right. Don't don't try getting connected to this. So maybe we can, um, like when we were talking about the, the one-offs and the you know bonus content stuff, maybe that's the future for these one-off games and maybe these shorter things might be for live shows or you know for the yeah, that's bonus an, content. Think- I think that what what we are kind of always doing is trying to figure out like what is best for the audience and for the show and trying to find like we've had conversations before about like doing alternating stuff in the off weeks but then once we really God, that'd be it, bad. Yeah, it, that would be so like the the jerkiness of jumping back and forth between two stories, both for us and for the listeners, would be I think really off putting. Um, and and also just prep time wise, I don't know that we'd be able to do it. And so like we're always trying to figure out like what's the best uh, way forward. So I don't know. I I like I said, I had an idea for a new arc, but I also like have an idea for a continuation of Dust. That I may want to do. Like the the nice thing is we probably have what, Griffin, another for like four or five months of amnesty. Uh yeah, it's hard for again, like I don't know where the fuck we're going with it, so I yeah. can't say for sure. But uh I mean I am I am twenty nineteen, I'm hoping Amnesty will uh we will be able to wrap it up in a satisfying way and then, you know, do whatever we want to do next. We keep saying the word experimental arcs. Like I would be happy to just do some some of these like one page you know yeah. one shots and maybe that's like literally maybe we're talking semantics at that point but uh i don't know i i i think we were all so antsy to start season two after or in the middle of dust and uh i don't know that i would feel that way again after we finished amnesty like i i don't think i would be fine with not starting season three until we were like you know really really sure we had like explored all these different options and uh you know built built something that we could really really uh expound on which isn't to say amnesty isn't that but i i wouldn't feel necessarily the rush i felt between seasons one and two i got i've got one i'd like us all to address because Uh i I think i it's a specific question but i think it's kind of a broad issue that comes up quite a bit from ricky when you guys did the scene meeting indrid did you have to like work out what you were going to say beforehand and then do it um and Oh, because that's where I was like, Indrid was speaking at the same time as the characters, right? Oh, yeah. No, it was, uh, that was an editing trick. I just repeated what they said in the moment. So a lie. I moved my shit ahead like a half second. That was a special effect. It was was a fucking special effect. You lied to them. It's not a lie. It's a special editing effect. You can't really tell the future. Yeah. You piece of shit. But also, I think that kind of brings up the, the fact that you know, we don't prepare 
chunks of dialogue ahead of time. No. We, we don't we prepare don't, anything. We don't we don't know what's I mean and we've said it before in previous TTAZZs, but I think it's really important to stress again, we we don't know what's coming. That's the beauty of it. That's what makes it so fun is not knowing what's coming and making your choice in the the heat of the moment. And uh no, we don't we don't prepare dialogue ahead of time. Uh here's a question for Twitter from David. For Griffin, out of all the NPCs you've created throughout all of the games, which are your favorites? Angus, Loop, yeah. uh, Johan. Uh, Johan really, I think, reflected my existential creative dread that I was experiencing at the as as we were like halfway through balance. So that's that's an important Lucretia. I like. I still Who get are people. Your favorites out of Amnesty. Um. I like uh, I like the sheriff a lot. I mm-hmm. feel like that's, that's somebody who uh, is is has interesting motivations for me, and uh, I like Hollis and Billy the Goat. Billy the Goat is extremely fun, and Indrid Indrid is a really fun NPC. Yeah, yeah, we and we haven't seen the last of Indrid, um, but that was a good. That was a good. Uh, that was a fun. Like a character who can see the future is like an interesting challenge of trying to make that not like mechanically broken. Um, uh, yeah, that's just a few. Here's one from Sydney uh, who asks: uh, the Amnesty campaign has felt more dark and perilous than balance, especially since the death at the end of the last episode. Who? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, well, uh, Deputy spoiler. Dewey. Yeah, but Deputy oh. Dewey. But he's not. He turned into a ghost. He's not. He's, he's not dead in the traditional sense. Um. The but uh, how intentional is this on Griffin's part? Is this affecting how Justin, Travis, and Clint are playing and making choices for their characters? Um. You know, it's funny. We uh, for some reason the stakes have been high for us since the beginning. Um. It's because I think it's because what we talked about with like, the it being much more grounded. Yeah. Um. It has not felt like the kind of thing where we're just going to randomly kill somebody and it's like i think because it's in the real world i guess it's real you know a real world where like there are cops <laughs> will like <laughs> yeah. arrest you and take you to jail if you do a crime and i think that that has like permeated through um, do you think it's, it's darker it, do you think amnesty is darker oh than yeah, yeah. I, 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 for sure i think so but once again i think that's a genre thing right of like but the body count is so much higher yeah, on but, average for balance but, but when not- you talk about for like for amnesty, right? Some of the bodies are like, that was my brother, right? Like that they seem because because it's a like specific town. When you think about like a uh, monster of the week kind of procedural show, right? One person dying is a way bigger deal than like in a fantasy, high fantasy, like an army of people being slaughtered by yeah. an evil warlock or something, right? It's it's the gravity of because I think a a you know a monster of the week thing is so much more character driven that having like but I knew him ha- carries so much more weight to it than like an entire town wiped off the map. And I think uh, one intentional thing I've been doing with the tone, especially for this arc and the last one, is trying to figure out a way to actually imperil you guys in the world that you inhabit, which is to say, and it's kind of that uh, like Wonderland style of thinking where you guys were demigods and it was like, how can I, how can I hurt you? Like, how can I actually, how can I actually endanger you? How can I add stakes to this? And that informed like literally every part of the design of Wonderland. There's an element of that where, you know, the first arc you were fighting this big uh, animal consuming shape-shifting monster, which is like a cool, scary visual, but it's a monster that you stab with fire and then it dies. And then the second one, I was like, okay, well, what if you can't stab it? And that's how the water monster came into being. And then the third one was like, what if it's, you know, not attacking you with claws or with physical damage, but with like fate and with accident. And so, and with that one, I was like, that's scarier to me. That is way, way scarier to me because you don't know what angle it's going to come at you. Uh, and then the one I have now, like you guys don't really know what it is yet, but it's, it's not a thing that you can just like grab and shoot. It's a, it is a more sort of, and I, and for me, like that is setting a, trying to set a tone that is a little bit more, um, dreadful because you all are powerful, but that power, it can't just be you blasting it with fire. Like you have to figure out what the fuck it is first and stop it from doing what it wants to do. 
Um, which is honestly, which is how Monster of the Week is supposed to be played and is like a really, really satisfying part of the game. Like the monster is in a lot of ways, like a PC who is, who has its own wants and desires and is trying to get them and not just like kill you. Um, so, so I feel like that's why it has a darker tone than balance, which is just like, go get the thing and there will be dangers there, but you'll, you know. You have a guy who can literally cast a resurrection spell, so don't even don't even sweat it. Well, I will admit I, I agree in, in in the in the fact that I do feel like we have a better chance in Amnesty of you know one of the characters, one of the main characters. You went to the hospital, di- like one of you dying. Got, one of you, yeah, got, I know, but I mean, knocked but the fuck it, out, came close to death. Yeah, and, and I I. You know, I I don't know if I ever felt imbalanced that one of you know Merle Magnus or Taco would die, although they came close a few times. Sure, but in this in Amnesty, I very easily could see it happening. Yeah, well, and it, not, it it wouldn't uh, be uh, like necessarily it wouldn't be like Taz where you get in a fight and it goes south and you die. It could just it could just be like. A, yeah. a bad roll and you get you know you, you yeah. get hit by the truck and like at that point it's not damn i can't say you're hit with three harm by the fucking truck like you're dead at that like these things can you know in amnesty like that's not out of the realm of possibilities and not just physical damage too because the question about how does this affect how you play your characters absolutely because like with magnus you know kicking somebody off a cliff just what he does he's a fighter haha <laughs> like the thought of Aubrey having to murder somebody yeah. to like keep a secret or to protect somebody that is going to have long-term psychological ramifications. Like yeah. that's not something I don't know if it's the tone of the game or the mechanics because it's much more grounded characters or what, but yeah. like somebody, I saw somebody point out like when we were in the morgue and like how we all hesitated to attack and how different that was than the Trace Horny boys. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that's because like Aubrey doesn't want to just <laughs> recklessly kill sure. people. My, She'd feel real bad. My favorite Aubrey scene is when you confronted Keith in the in the headquarters and tried to scare him into silence, right? Because mm-hmm. I I have wanted to introduce more than like your good roles and sort of the paths that you walk have allowed me to like elements of danger of the secret getting out. Uh, like, you know, having a FBI agent living with you. Like, I thought like, ooh, this is going to add some drama. But now he's just kind of like chilling, reading the newspaper, having coffee there every morning and hasn't really had a, a, a moment to really investigate y'all. But like that moment with Keith where you're like, I know you know what's up. And uh, Keith, uh, Keith was great because that only happened because you spitefully melted the snow beneath him and he realized you had magic powers and started following you. Everything mm-hmm. that happened with Keith happened because of that role. And that is yep. why the, that's why the Hornets are like now sort of like on the case is all of that snowballed from that one action that Aubrey took during the, an impulsive. And so, impulsive. I mean, that's, that's that, what kicks ass about this game. This next question, because it ties into that, Veronica asked on Twitter, in what ways are each of you most like your characters you are playing and in what ways are you very different? And like Aubrey, so even though Aubrey and I on paper are very different, um, you know, she is far younger than me, uh, Puerto Rican bisexual woman. Uh, but at the same time, like at our cores, we're very, very similar. Like Aubrey has ADD, I have ADD, very impulsive, like confident and nervous in weird, specific, different ways. But like one of my favorite things is like where with Magnus, I played Magnus impulsive, but in a very like foolhardy, heroic impulse. With Aubrey, it's a lot more like honestly kind of like impulse control issue almost of like when Aubrey gets annoyed at somebody or angry at somebody or whatever, or even just like happy, you know, she, I, I let her be a little looser in her decision-making process and it leads to some pretty bonkers outcomes. Yeah. Speaking of which I can't believe after so many, the, the adventure zone zones of me like complaining about people worrying about, uh, Steven the goldfish. I then gave myself another pet that people are always worried about. <laughs> you then Dog at Harris Bonkers yeah. is always fine. Yeah, okay. He will always be fine anytime you don't see him. He's with Danny. He's perfectly happy. <laughs> he's great. Well fed. Yeah, he's well fed. Organic. He's, he's, he's sleeping so much. Juice, what about you and Duck? What about him? <laughs> <How> are, Duck... <laughs> 
Young Duck is more based on, I didn't actually have a youth as cool as ducks, but sometimes I would like hang out with cool people and it seems like that's what they were doing. Like a lot of like Tony Hawk and the skateboarding stuff is like, was not my childhood. It was like sort of based kind of like based on cool people that I knew later and like kind of how they, you remember, you know, the bit in uh, <laughs> uh, waiting for Guffin where Eugene Levy says, I was not the class clown, but I sat next to him <laughs> and I studied him <laughs> <laughs> and I picked up a few things that made people happy. Uh, that's, that is, uh, uh, so that's, that's pretty much like, duck. honestly, a lot of what duck is, uh, is, kind of me making a lot of opposite choices from taco right if you look at it like uh very bad at lying like very bad at any sort of subterfuge um the very bad at lying thing, by the way just uh, since we're speaking a whole episode out of character is one of my favorite it's very yep, good things yeah. about no, i think about a, all of th- animacy it might be my favorite like element thank you it is it is um what I would say to people who do like role playing, it is one of the things where if something were like, sometimes it's worth it to make a hard choice like that. Like those hard lines you can draw is are a real comfort when you're role playing as it's like doubly. So if you're creating entertainment as you're role playing, but like, it's nice to have things that you know how you are going to react to. Like it, it gets you into a kind of a groove where it's like, okay, well I know one of the things I know about this character for a fact is that they're bad about lying and you have to discover those things. I, I they usually don't work. I think if it's predetermined, um, but it's so nice when you, when you find them um, because it, 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 it really helps to, help a character sort of take shape. It's it's sort of like conflict. Nobody wants conflict, but everybody wants conflict in their stories, so they'll be interesting. Uh, I, I can remember a time where, you know, you reminded me that, you know, I, that Ned would not be courageous in a certain point. And it was it was one of the key points for me in developing Ned because, you know, you you have the tendency to say, well, of course he does the most heroic thing. Right. No, it's much more interesting if they're tr- if they're a hero, yeah. But if yeah. they're not a hero, it's much more interesting if they don't make the heroic choice. And I'm glad that it's happened a- because like, you didn't want to jump in the water whenever the hot springs got like monster-fied and was choking out uh, Jake Cool Ice. And so you're like, nah, I'm good over here. But then at the end, at the very end of that arc, like you were the one who was like, okay, and jumped into like the huge water monster, like towering form to like finish the, finish the fight, Spartan. Uh, that was, that was like, and that's a neat sort of juxtaposition. Yeah. I will say that's, that's one of the like big differences that I'm trying really hard. And I, I promise to be more conservative with using the luck role the luck stuff from now on. Cause it's really hard for me to let Aubrey fuck up. Like, you know, I want her to succeed and I, cause that, that was, you know, it's, it's someone you, you're like, Oh yeah, I can save this person's life if I roll well. And then yeah. it's really hard to be like, oh, but I fucked up and they'll die because I fucked up. And then I have to remember it's a game and it's totally okay. Well, and the my favorite stuff that's happened, I feel like came out of failures from y'all because yeah. it, it is that is that is where the story can pivot. Uh, and yeah, uh, some uh, shale on Twitter asked what happened to Pigeon. I don't. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I introduced <laughs> this character, and then you guys told her what was up, and then uh, she helped you fight the water monster. And then we have not seen seen Pigeon. And I've thought of like ways I could try and shoehorn her back into the back into the story, but really, like I don't, I don't. That would feel very uh, inorganic to me. But like, there's this person who works for the city. Who, like, I kind of thought that that would be a contact to use i guess like rpg terminology of like somebody who works for the city who can like do stuff for y'all who's also on your side would would you know come about but like it's it's it is tough for me uh you all live in the same town right and the setting is smaller but you all don't work in the same floating headquarters and so it was easier for me and balance to just be like and you know carrie and killian are there and uh robbie's there but like i can't just be like pigeon is there because she doesn't she doesn't have a reason to, you know, it's, it, what's so she's got a job. That. 
it's so ironic because once again, it really fits the the monster of the week genre. Because I I've been watching a lot more in like Supernatural and stuff, and like sometimes you know you it's just fifty five minutes. Again. We made it fifty five minutes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Sometimes he actually mentioned it earlier. Sometimes uh, the you know the actors working on a different show and you can't get them that week, so Pigeon's <laughs> just not there. You know, it's like there's a lot of moments in like you know Monster of the Week shows where it's like, well, it's been three seasons and we haven't heard from. Oh, he's back. Okay, cool. <laughs> like yeah. that will happen. You know, um, we'll, we'll book Pigeon, the actor who plays Pigeon. For I want Pigeon episode. to come. I'm. I'm. If y'all don't get to Pigeon soon, I'm, I am gonna. <laughs> I just, she's going to parachute in from the sky. Um, Does Justin know Duck's real name? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> That's tantalizing. I have, and it's all here. You know what? Something is written on my character sheet. Oh, shit. Ooh. Somebody's going to national treasure that shit. Um, um, a, I got, I got one. I want Travis and I to address from, okay. uh, from book trash. Clinton Travis, are you both worried to have Aubrey find out about Ned's involvement in her mother's death? And do you I, think Ned is going to tell Aubrey? I cannot wait. It's going to be dope. Like, that is something that, if I remember correctly, during, like, character creation, we, like, thought of, yeah. like, that there is some unknown connection between uh, Ned and Aubrey like that and like Griffin then kind of took that and ran with it and stuff but like every time the the no no the no hey hit- wait no 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 I did not decide that Ned is the one that stole the pendant oh you're right Aubrey. was that me yeah I don't know who it was but that that is a huge fucking thing that is formative to like uh the 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 origins of this game that was not me saying like Ooh, oh no 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 he, yeah. he didn't run with that part i meant i think it was dad me. and i yeah i think dad is the one that came up with the theft of and of i came thing. up with the necklace i think was it is like yeah the, Aubrey yeah had a necklace and the dad that ned had robbed it and then we gave that to griffin and what i meant was he wove it into the story right right come up organically throughout that because that was the thing is like this is another reason to have a really solid dm like griffin is if it had been up to me episode two i would have been like wait is that my necklace and like it would have like been come up way too early right Um, and 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 we have and you know with uh, believe it or not i think about it all the time but we you know it's a big moment and, you know, there have been moments where, you know, I thought, man, maybe this is where it's going to happen. Um, I, I know one where, uh, where, uh, well, you're right, Trev. Ned was ready to blurt it out when he came out of the coma. Yeah. But it wasn't wasn't the right time. It's a it's a big moment. And, and, it, and, Ned's not it, and I am worried about it. I yeah. am worried about it. Uh, it's going to screw things up, I think. Uh, yeah, that's going to be. I'm looking forward to it though because um, one of the uh, I'll say you know uh, not to fault them because every game is different one of the weaknesses I think of Monster of the Week it does not have a lot of inbuilt like uh, moments for character connection Mm -hmm. Um, we've had to work a lot harder I think to find places for that because uh, I don't know what it is necessarily about D and think it's because so much of it is driven by roles. There are a lot of opportunities for the story to pivot, um, for you to make a lot of little choices where, uh, your success or failure will be limited by how well you roll. And I think that, um, it's, it's, and there's probably other reasons that are not occurring to me at the moment why it's better, but we have had to work a lot harder to get like, to build character bonds. Um, it's a lot more uh, directed toward, I think that's part of the mystery genre, right? If you think about mysteries, uh, they're very rarely about character growth. They're much, much more plot uh, focused. It's just a tone thing. Like, I feel like more than anything else, it's just a tone thing, which is like not, uh, I don't think that's a knock against the game or the genre, but like I, I, I said it earlier, like there, there's, you know, no time for love, Doctor Jones. Like, there's they, you all are in a, you, a constantly precarious situation, and so uh, I do think, for whatever reason, like for me, I don't think that's a game thing. I think it's a, I think it's just the story that we are telling is balance was all about these these literal bonds. Like that was the whole thing, uh, and I don't think that there's been no character, you know, relationships that have formed 
in Amnesty, but it's it is not as explicitly about those bonds. And so like I, that's why I don't think we have like the constant sort of uh, connections between every single character like we did in 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 balance this. we also had more time right like amnesty ain't gonna go 69 episodes um nice. as funny nice. as that would be because nice. of the sex um <laughs> so like you know we don't have necessarily as much time i don't really remember where we were at episode 24 of taz but i you know it's not like we were the best friends club at that, at that point so uh yeah i think um, I, 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 I go ahead sorry Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think Dad answered the question about how Ned is like him. Oh, yeah. Um, He's full of shit. That's kind yeah, of... That's <laughs> perfect. Halfway through Pedals to the Metal, by the yeah. way. Okay, that's, that's, that's about where we started. <laughs> it's sort of making friends, I feel like. Yeah. yeah and, and, and yeah, kind of embracing the whole mythos of it. Um, <clears throat> I don't... I... I... I I don't th- I, I I don't know if Ned is much like me. I I think that Ned I I'm I, under some situations I can be kind of gregarious and and like I said full of shit. Um but for the most part to me it's attractive I have I like playing characters that aren't like me. And I don't know if 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 Ned is is like me very much at all. I thought that uh you know, it was funny because with Merle, Merle was like me in the fact that he was <laughs> he was really terrible at what he was doing, mm-hmm. which reflected me being right. really terrible yes. at D anD D when we started. You know, uh, th- then you right. got so good. And then I got really good at it. Yeah, Almost. It's too good. We have to, but every day before we go out for the live show, we have to look at Dad and say, "Dad, you have to go back to pretending like you don't yeah. know what you're doing." Right, and that's tough. Before we wrap up, I want to mention one more time, uh, this show exists because of the Max Fun Drive, and it is what has inspired us to continue making it and support it, and it has, the support you have given us um, over the years has honestly been, I try not to get choked up like every single time I talk about it, but it means the world to me, Um, and the fact that so many people think our show is worth kicking a few bucks to, like, honestly, is is such a, it fills me with a lot of pride. if you listen to this show and you are not a donor um, and and you can spare just five bucks a month, uh, it really does add up and it really does mean a lot. If you can do more, that's fantastic. But uh, please, I, I would implore you, like, make a vote with your money for the kind of stuff that you want to see uh, in the world. And it really does uh, help us out so much. MaximumFun.org forward slash donate is the URL. Uh, the gifts are all there. You can, um, you know, get a lot of your questions answered there. Uh, on Twitter, you can do at MaxFunHQ and they can answer questions too if you have more. But uh, if, if you can, don't don't wait. This is our last sort of shot. Um, you know, we got, as you're listening to this, maybe two days left before this drive-in. So please don't wait anymore. Go to MaximumFun.org right now and uh, choose a level to donate at and, and get on board and let's do this thing. And once uh, again, uh, it's a great time to upgrade your donation as well. You can do that at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Um, and if you're already a donor and you can't upgrade, uh, take to Twitter, take to social media and tell people like, hey, um, there's, you know, time's running out. Get on board. Let's do this and share that link and tell people why you donate and why it matters. And thank you so much. Um, quick programming note. Uh, next week's episode, we are pushing a week. So we will have episodes two weeks in a row uh, when we come back. But we are about to go on tour. Um uh, we're going to be in uh, San Jose uh, doing Taz on Tuesday the 2nd and Mabimbam on Wednesday the 3rd and then Salt Lake City on Thursday the 4th. I'm not exactly sure what we still have tickets for. So we'll be gone like all next week. Uh, and if you go to MacRoy.family and click on tours, uh, I think there's still tickets for all those, be. but not, not many. many. Um, so yeah, we, we are pushing next week's episode to the following week. So the next Amnesty episode will be up on April 11th, and then we'll have one up the week after that, too. Um, and if you do not know the way to San Jose, check with Burt Bacharach. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank you, Mac. Um, I think that's it. Thank you all so much for your questions and for continuing to listen to uh, our, our show, and uh, I hope you... Stick with it and support us at MaximumFun.org slash donate. And what else? Is that it? And as we always say, now it's your turn to adventure. Hero. Do we? Do we? Ever, as we've already said. said that. 
you are now leaving the zone of adventure <laughs> that is it here. Get in the, the zone. Adventure, it adventure turns out, zone. was in you. The zone yeah, of the adventure zone. You. Yeah. You're going AZ at Adventure Zone. <laughs> Discover what you can do on your own. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.